the Jim Eskimen Podcast. This is the 29th of September, 2015. Start date, 29th September, 2015. Uh, would, have, would have seemed an impossible time in the future to someone watching Star Trek in 1960, whenever that was, 66, 67. I never watched Star Trek as a kid growing up. I, I, I remember watching Lost in Space. Is that the theme song? Can't remember. Anyway, it's a copyright infringement if it is. Uh, now, today I'm in Lansing, Michigan. Uh, just for a few more hours, I have to get out of the hotel. I'm in the hotel right now, and I have to leave pretty soon. But I wanted to just comment on a couple of things. First of all, I have not been podcasting very much because I've been traveling, uh, giving my speech, my keynote address about how to make a better impression for people in IT and in government. And it seems to be going pretty well. I've done it now a bunch of times, and I've got it down pretty good. So I can improvise with it. I can relax with it. And Anyway, it's been fun, and people respond very favorably to it, so so that's good. But what I wanted to tell you about was, um, and there's the air conditioner, to let you know that, that I am indeed in a hotel. But uh, I wanted to tell you about this weird thing that happened that uh, I don't know what to do about it exactly. It's not even a story I know how to tell yet, but it just happened. I was. Um, it starts with, with me auditioning for the Big Bang Theory a few weeks ago, I guess last earlier in the month. And my manager said, you have an audition for The Big Bang Theory. I'd worked on it before, but only doing voiceover for a gag. But I'd actually stood on the stage with one of the performers, a young girl. uh, The young girl. That's nice, huh? The kid, the good-looking blonde. can't remember her name at the moment, but she's terrific. Anyway, so I'd stood on the stage, and I'd done a little something, but I'd never been in the show, per se. So I was kind of excited about it. And then I looked at the part, and it's a pretty small part. And then I got in the waiting room with the other actors, and I don't know, we all just seemed sort of dusty and sad. You know, sometimes you go into an audition room, and it's, I don't know, it's like, uh, particularly in my age group, these are people that, you know, we haven't made it particularly, and uh, or we made it, but it was a long time ago, and it's a small part, and we know we're all doing it for not so much the love of theater, but a lot for the love of getting your health care paid for by SAG. Anyway, I was feeling kind of jaded. There, there are better attitudes to have than the one I had sitting in that room. And I thought to myself, I looked at how small the part was, and I, my experience with sitcoms is that no matter how big your part is, when you audition for it, by the time it's shot, it will be significantly smaller. And it was already kind of small. I thought, this is going to be a week of me sitting around watching my little part deteriorate to uh, you know, something that's almost like an extra. And I got very, like, kind of ambivalent about the whole thing. Not, not ambivalent. I was, I was bivalent. <laughs> I, I was volant about it. I, 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 you know, by the time I walked in there to do the audition, I thought, I don't want this job. I do not want this job. And, of course, that's the best way to audition for anything. And, of course, they laughed like hyenas, even though I was, like, the sixth person in there doing the same tired joke. And I thought to myself, I, I, I've booked this. And I did. So I made my peace with that. And actually, I enjoyed the experience a lot. Once I got to the set and met the actors, whose names have escaped me, uh, and, and, you know, worked with the director and, you know, was part of the thing, then I, I had a good time. And magically, my part started to expand a little bit. It got a little bit bigger. And so that was good. And then I got to stay and do it in front of a live audience, which I haven't actually done on a sitcom in a long time. And, and you know, it's one thing that the public probably doesn't ordinarily recognize is that a lot of these uh, scenes in multi-camera shoots 
even though they are, you hear the laughter and so forth, not every scene is actually shot in front of the, of the audience. Some of the scenes are shot the day before or the morning of and inserted in, and the audience gets to see the videotape, but the, the actor doesn't actually f- get to do it in front of a live audience. And sometimes that's to your benefit. If you're an actor like me who's trying to get on to the next thing and is too impatient to wait and just to do the show in front of people. But this time it's been a while, and I thought, well, then maybe this will be fun. And it was fun. And uh, I enjoyed it, and it went very well. Anyway, it turned out that that was the first show of the new season, so it had a lot of press and a lot of uh, interest in it, too. And since I was the minister, marrying two of the leads, uh, Leonard and, and Penny are the names of the characters, I remember that anyway, then there was actually quite a lot of buzz about this show. And I realized, well, gee, the good thing is millions of people are going to see this show. So so that was nice, and I got to kind of promote it a little bit, and, and it was, turned out to be a, a pretty good experience. But the story really begins here. When about a day or two after the show aired, just last week, I got a message from someone on Twitter who I didn't know and who had no picture. You know, I just had the kind of the egg so an egg with a yellow background contacted me, a woman, uh, and said, uh, can you please contact me? I have some pictures of you you will be very interested in, something like that. And I wrote back, this sounds like a horror movie. What, what's going on? Can you explain? And she said, just please contact me. So I gave her my, uh, I, I followed her on Twitter or whatever. I friended her or whatever it's called. I twittified her. And, uh, and she indeed sent me some pictures of myself. But they were fairly innocuous. They were just pictures that I myself had put onto Facebook or put on my blog. or It was nothing, you know, uh, compromising or, or anything prurient, which is a hard word to say. And it was a picture of me and my mom, picture of me and my daughter, picture of me that I took because I had some funny makeup on. You know, it just it's like pictures. So I said, uh, yeah, these are pictures of me. Um, They're from my blog. They're from my Facebook. What's the big deal? And she told me basically the story of how she had gone onto a dating site, Cupid.com, and met a nice Italian man uh, named Paolo. uh, I forget his full name. I I should look it up. Paolo. I'll look it up as I'm doing this. And Paolo had told her, you know, they'd started a relationship. And, uh... He'd gotten to know her. They'd gotten to know each other a little bit through this dating site. They'd talked back and forth. They'd chatted, I guess, and uh, and communicated. And uh, over the course of it, he sent her some pictures of himself, pictures with his family or pictures with his mom, pictures with his daughter. And there were my pictures. So she didn't think anything of it. She was like, oh, well, that's the guy. This is the guy. These are his pictures. And then she saw me on The Big Bang Theory. And she thought, wow, that guy looks a lot like my new boyfriend. Yeah, she said, I happened to watch the Big Bang episode with you playing a priest, and I was shocked to see the person I had been talking to for three weeks looked exactly like you. I checked on the images, and I did not find them on the Internet. I guess the images he sent her. Uh, I really did think they belonged to the gentleman I had been speaking with. And, yeah, it's a picture of me on you know, anger management. His name is Paolo Bianchi Rossi. That's what he called himself. Anyway, I think I think I'm gonna. She gave me his number, uh, a couple of numbers here, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna call him up. I'm gonna just confront the guy. And this is really strange. He's using my photos. He's trying to score with. <laughs> just so strange. I just can't understand it. Dialing out. 
see if he picks up. Hello? Is this is this Paolo? This is Paolo Rossi, yes. Paolo Rossi. Huh? Paolo, um... No, no, may I ask who's calling? Yeah, yeah, I'm, no, I'm going to tell you I exactly. I so many phone calls. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'll bet you do. I, I, I'm, I'm calling. You don't know me, but in a way you do know me. Uh, my name is Jim Meskimen. Does that name mean anything to you? Jim Meskimen. I'm, I'm going to say no. Okay. Well, you have been... Um, uh, I, I've come to understand that you've been using photographs of me pulled from my my blog and my website. Oh, 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 Jim. <laughs> Jim Maris came in. Yeah. <laughs> Where you pronounce it? I couldn't uh, figure that out. Jim Maris came in. Of course, yes, I know you. <laughs> you uh, okay, you do know me. Okay. okay. And you know my name. Uh, I know your name, yes. Well, Paolo, i got to ask... Um, I, I, I don't really understand what you what you were trying to do. I mean, I understand you've been feeding my pictures to to someone named She person in, in Vancouver. That's right. In Vancouver, of course. And, and that, that she's... Uh, you, know, uh, you know, I don't photograph. Uh, I haven't... I've, I've had trouble with my digital and uh, analog uh, film cameras. And as we look so much alike, because, I mean, you're stunt double. <laughs> Remember that, you know, Jimmy? Well, no, I don't. That's another thing. You said you were my stunt double, but I, I don't recall ever having. I had a stunt double once on the Grinch, but just we never actually did anything. I, I didn't never have any. Uh-huh. I very rarely have stunts, uh, Mr. Rossi. Well, if you recall, uh, you were on a Fox Recreation show, right? Yes, and, uh, that's you true. Had to step up to a lectern, and that lectern had sharp edges. And uh, earlier in the day, uh, one of the assistant directors said, "Hello, you look like Jim. Why don't you?" Why don't you go up and make sure that lectern don't stab you? I don't remember anything like that. I, I, the, mm-hmm. I, I, that's very recently. It is very recent, yes. Uh, so you look... And then uh, there was a, there an episode of uh, Big Bang. Yeah, and, uh, yes. My, my agent doesn't know anything about the Big Bang, but he was scared, you know, because when you mentioned Bang, you know, anyone can get hurt. Perhaps it implies an explosion. Uh, look, Summertime, well... And so I no. was at the set... Days before you were there, uh, standing where you were going to stand in case there was an explosion. Well, no, I, I got to ask you. I, that may or may not be true. I, I, I suppose it's possible that a guy could have a stunt double and be completely unaware of it. I, I don't know. You know, I've only been an actor for thirty years in Hollywood, so this sort of thing uh-huh. could have gone on under my nose without me knowing it. That's that's completely reasonable. Well, you, you know, are you familiar with the expression PS? What were those initials? PSD. PSD? It's a, it's a lingual... It's Phantom Stunt Double. Phantom Stunt... PSD. Yeah, ever, a lot of the big actors now have Phantom Stunt Doubles. Uh, they don't, they're not even aware that they have it. Mr. Rossi, Mr. Rossi, <laughs> I'm glad you're so amused by this. Now, you were going to... You're going to... You have not actually met... No. Not in Charming, person. Though. And she sent her photos of you. I I assume you know that those are photos of her and not her stunt double. Right. And I know she was hoping, at least had been hoping, to have some kind of relationship with you that would last. Right. Well, I understand now that now that she knows I'm not the Jim Eskimen, but only the stunt double, I guess I broke her heart. I don't think that's what broke her heart, really. I think the fact that you, you know... Fabricated something and didn't weren't weren't honest with her, and you sent her photographs that were frankly not you. Yes, sir. 
Well, not me, but let's say something happens badly to you on the set. Now, Jim, you, you know, the glass is only half full for you. The glass is filled for me because uh, as your friend and son, well, how do you know I haven't saved your life quite a few times, especially in the Big Bang? Well, the, in the Big Bang, I was in a chapel holding a book. The biggest stunt was walking across a carpeted floor. <laughs> yes. You know how much static electricity filled up? Oh, this is ridiculous. Paolo, cease and desist. That's my message to you, sir. Cease and desist. Cease and desist? (laughs) Oh, well, all right. If that's the way it's going to be. uh, But uh, if I cease and desist, uh, all I'm saying, Jim, is watch yourself. Hey, let me ask you something. What's on your next project? What are you working on the next? Uh, Very likely uh, just a voiceover for an animated project, maybe uh, Marvel Avengers Assemble. I don't or see. You're going to be around electricity. You're going to need a cup of water to keep your voice nice, right? Of course, certainly we would drink <laughs> well, water. Yes, okay. it's very typical. Good luck with that, Jimmy. What? What? Are, what are you inferring? Is this a threat? I'm inferring that accidents can happen anywhere, and you're going to wish you had your PSD there for you. There's <sighs> just no talking to this guy. Okay, obviously that was a. Uh, an unreal enactment of what might have happened. I'm not going to call the guy. I'm not going to get my... my. Uh, I think the Italians say, I'm not going to get the tongue of my goat dirty with this uh, bit of offal. But it is interesting. Thanks to Tate Rupert uh, for playing the part of Paolo Rossi. And I doubt that's his real name, myself. And then she said, I'm so embarrassed. This is the first time I ever worked... Uh, the first time I ever used an online dating site. He told me he was in construction. He lives here in Canada with a family home in Florida... The picture of you and your mom having breakfast he sent to me when he went there one and a half weeks ago because his mom was under the weather. He went to Florida, I guess, and sent this picture and said he was having breakfast with his mom. And that was my mom, who is a much more famous person than I am even, by far, and always will be. Um, I'm shocked that anyone would go to the extent that he has three weeks chatting every day, full background story with family history, schools, and pictures. So isn't that wild? So I'm in the position of going, wow, first of all, why me? And, you know, of all people. And second of all, if you're an Italian and you're trying to convince people that that's a picture of you, would you ever pick my face? I'm one of the least Italian-looking people that I can think of, except for maybe Jackie Chan. So... It's really weird. I don't know where to report it. It's kind of identity theft, but it's pretty innocuous because he didn't actually steal anything of value and not even my good name. So I don't know what to do about it. I mean, obviously, he must have been planning. Well, maybe, obviously, I don't know. It's hard to understand the criminal mind or the warped mind, but perhaps he was going to inevitably scam this lady. They were supposed to meet in a week, and then I assume everything would have gone crashing down because how much could he really look like me? Could he look like me so much that he has feels compelled to use actual pictures of me because his pictures are just not that good? And we look so much the same that it doesn't matter? I don't know. i got to think that it was going to come crashing down on him. So perhaps he was planning some kind of long-term scam with her or who knows, you know. But it just So he's obviously just kind of painted himself into a corner and he's just saying <laughs> whatever. It, it's just crazy. It's just crazy. And this poor lady said, I'm stunned to the level of detail he went into, shocked that someone would invest so much time and energy to hurt and deceive another person. Lesson learned the hard way. And I tried to sympathize with her, 
But isn't it a good thing that I didn't walk out on that audition, I guess is the lesson that I learned. That sometimes everything is so connected, you know, and that, that's a, a cognition I have over and over again, is that, I mean, maybe even this podcast will have some sort of beneficial effect, you know, even though it seems like I'm just talking to myself in a hotel room with a bunch of pillows set up on a chair with a microphone there um, all by myself after a, a keynote lecture. Everything is so connected and sometimes very positive things happen from something that's very innocuous or by something that you think is a pain in the ass. Boy, they really just don't respect the do not disturb sign of this hotel. Trying to, trying to open the door there. Anyway, so that was a kind of a funny thing. If you have any advice for me, I don't know if it's, any, if it's worth reporting or not, but if you know this fellow, uh, Paolo Bianchi Rossi, uh, and don't, don't go out with him. And don't believe him. If he sends you a picture of me, that's not him. Anyway, I was able to cheer this lady up. She said, I, when I told my wife and daughter what had happened, they laughed uproariously, which is a little insulting. But uh, I understand. It is bizarre. It's really bizarre. But that's the kind of world we live in right now. We live in a kind of world where uh, identity theft is not thought of very, is taken very lightly. It's not thought of as being, you know, a real crime or but I guess that's the criminal mind. The criminal mind never thinks that anything is worth anything and that they can just do whatever they please. So so be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. And maybe that's Paolo trying to get into my hotel room right now. Stay out, Paolo. Anyway, I'm back on the road uh, in just a couple of days. I'm going to go to Phoenix, Arizona, and then I'm going to go to Indiana next week. I'm still on this speaking tour. It's been great meeting these people in IT, a bunch of nice people just trying to put in order in the government and IT field and um, keep all the communication flowing smoothly between all these different uh, departments and, and concerns. And uh, it's fun, different kind of group of people entirely. And uh, although the traveling does get to me a little bit, especially when I have like multiple legs of a journey, uh, but, uh, but it's all good. It's all good. And, uh, and I'll have some good news to report. I believe we're going to start rerunning the uh, season one of Impress Me in November on Pop TV. I don't know what the date will be, but when I do, I'll let you know. All right. Uh, thanks to Jeff Levin for the music. Thanks to you for being patient with my erratic schedule and for listening, as always. And please let me know uh, what you think of the podcast. If anything tickled you, please let me know if there's anything you think I can do to um, report or where I can report Paolo Bianchi Rossi, that Italian scallywag who is my doppelganger. Okay, have a great week.